What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Tactical Chinwag Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Jillings, aka Original Human, and today we are doing a bit of a Q&A. When I first started these podcasts, I said that I wanted to throw a few solo videos in between interviews, and I think it's really valuable for you guys to hear my experience um, prior to the military, during the Royal Marines, and then post-military. I think that's something very valuable to you guys, and I think it would be very helpful to share my experience as detailed as I possibly can for you guys. So what I did was I posted a video on my Instagram story basically saying, hey, ask me a question and I will answer it on the podcast. I haven't read through the questions in advance. I want this to be as honest as possible. So reading the question on the podcast and answering it for the first time is usually the most authentic way to do it. So that's the way I'm going to do it. But before we get started, I wanted to give a bit of an announcement. We recently reached quarter of a million subscribers on YouTube and I'm just blown away. And during a year that has probably been one of the worst years in our lifetime uh, for us millennials or younger um i wanted to kind of just give back a bit of happiness just give back a bit of happiness because we all need it right now so i've decided to do a giveaway for 10 copies of call of duty cold war the way i'm going to be doing this is a link down below if you're watching this on youtube there'll be a link in the description of every video from here on out um where you can go down you click on that you enter your details there's multiple different ways to enter and the way i'll do it is the last 10 days leading up to the game i'll be giving away one copy per day so the last 10 days leading up to the game one copy every day. Doesn't matter what platform. If you want it on the Xbox, on the PlayStation, on the PC, doesn't matter. I will send you a code if you win, and it will be awesome. So just wanted to share a bit of happiness with you guys because building this community has been amazing, and this year has been terrible. So I just wanted to kind of share a little bit of love with you guys because you to you totally deserve it, okay? Um, but with that being said, let's look at some of these questions, shall we? Let's have a look here. What was my first day like? In Royal Marines training so that is actually a fantastic question I watched so many videos read so many books watched so many YouTube videos and it was just all I ever everything that I digested media wise was about Royal Marines training and when you first go to Libston um, probably more the PRMC when you first go and you see all these certain things like the, the bomb field and the grots and the galley and the gate entering Limston um, it's kind of like meeting a celebrity in a way because you've been watching so much of it on on the TV. However, um, mixed in with that excitement, there's also a little bit of nerve. There's a little bit of anxiousness and you're just ready to go. Like you're ready to work hard and that's the way it should be really. And um, PRMC is probably the, the your first main impression. And with that one, you just go to kind of work hard as possible. The first day of training is a little bit different because... You, you know you're in you know you've got past all the tests and it, it's just a case of getting through them 32 weeks and there's this weird this is weird feeling of excitement but anxiousness and raring to go raring to get in the field raring to soak up as much information as you possibly can and the thing is if you're not like that then you probably shouldn't be going in the royal marines that's probably not so or the military in general that's probably just something that you shouldn't be doing you want to have that excitement and an urge to soak up as much as possible and i remember you know you there's a train station at the royal marine um, training center uh, ctc there's a train station right there you get your bags in fact what happens is the uh, train station at Exeter, um, where you get on the train that specifically ends up at Limston, you start to notice other lads that are going to be in your troop. You start to, you can just see them, they stick out like a sore thumb, and you start talking. Straight away, you start talking. You're like, oh, but, you know, we're going to get here soon. We're going to get, uh, 
it's a train station just for people going to Limston. So as soon as you get off that platform, you get onto that platform off the train, you know, the, the drill instructor's right there, ready to go, shout at you, get you in line, get you down to uh, foundation. And it's definitely kind of this weird experience that'll just stick with you for the rest of your life. And uh, it's amazing because it's your first, it's like your first step, you know, it's something, it's your first step into into greatness, into this incredible club that you joined that sticks with you for the rest of your life like a terrible smell <laughs> no no it's something fantastic but it's always there no matter if you've only been in for four years like i did with the minimum amount of time or whether you've been in for 30 the royal marines just has this thing that latches onto you and it's part of you part of your soul when you earn that green beret it really is part of your soul for the rest of your life and you use them skills that you learn no matter how young you were, in every single day that you're alive, cleaning up, self, you know, self-assessment, determination, like cheerfulness in the face of adversity, you use all these characteristics, characteristics, and they're so ingrained in you that they shine out of you whether you whether you realize it or not. You know, during dark times, they shine out of you. During hard times, during fun times, during sad times, these commando ethos, the things you've learned in training. They just shine from you, even though you could have been out 10, 20, 30 years. They will stay with you forever. And that's something that's very, very special to the Royal Marines is that they give you such a, an amazing foundation to your to your kind of personality. And if you meet other Royal Marines, you instantly can tell. You can just instantly tell with the way they talk, the way they hold themselves, that uh, they've had that same, they've gone through the same thing as you, and they have that same kind of um, base instincts and these ethos that the, the the commandos kind of ingrain in you. And it's special. It makes you super proud. It makes you really, really proud. And it makes you want to get the tattoo, saying Royal Marines Commando. It makes you want to tell people, "Hey, I was in the Royal Marines. I can do this." Um, you know, "Hey, we've been through worse. We can get through this." And it is very, very special. So the first day of Romarine's training is the first day in greatness. And it truly is terrifying and exciting and wonderful and uh, a bunch of other. It's just a, a soup full of different emotions. And I hope one day, if you are listening to this, that you get a chance to experience that same first day like I did. All right, let's have a look at another question here. How has plant-based help you, helped you? So I've been um, vegan um, for about three years now, for about three years. In fact, it'll be three years. Yeah, three years actually this month. Um, and what happened was, so when I left, a lot of people already know this, but when I left the Royal Marines, I was incredibly depressed. I put on a bunch of weight. I was drinking a lot. I was just in a very bad place. And luckily, you know, I traveled. I met my wife. That's a whole nother story. And I started to get relatively fit again. Not crazy fit, but, you know, relatively fit. I'd run my three miles in like 24, 25 minutes uh, on an average day. You know, relatively fit, not crazy crazy, not crazy fit. Um, and what happened was I, I noticed that I was just kind of, my, my fitness was just on a plateau. It wasn't going anywhere, even though I was training harder. Nothing really was really tra- changing. Um, but the big thing is when I moved to the U.S., my gut, I had so many issues with my gut because of the food quality here. And I'm not saying the food quality is bad here, but it's definitely different than the UK. They are okay adding a bunch of different hormones in me. And it's just difficult to kind of have that same balance like you do in the UK. So um, 
I, after a while, what happened was I was a personal trainer and I tried all these different diets. I tried, plant, I tried um, paleo. I tried autoimmune. I tried all these different kind of, you know, all these different diets that are supposed to be really good for you. And they they worked for the most part. Paleo really worked well. Um, and, and doing the autoimmune di- this diet really helps with like eczema and stuff. Uh, but there was always a side effect. And most of the time, lowering carbs always gave me the side effect of being cranky. I was always cranky. I was incredibly fit. My joints felt really nice. Um, I had enough energy to go for a run, but I always felt cranky. Like my, I was just moody all the time without carbs. Um, so after a while, I was like, okay, well, I'm going to try plant-based. I'm going to try plant-based, go vegan. My wife was already vegetarian at the time, so it, was no, it wasn't much more struggle for her, which is funny because I used to eat like, honestly, like 10 eggs a day. Like you wouldn't even believe. Um, but yeah, I said, you know what? I'm just going to try it. We'll see how it goes. And that, so I started in like the September and by that Christmas, I was the fittest I'd been since I was in the Royal Marines. And I didn't change much of my training. I just changed my diet and changed my outlook on diet, um, eating more plant-based. And I think it wasn't so much just the fact that I was taking animal products out of my diet. It was the fact that I was looking more at what was in my food instead of being like oh you know this is says paleo in it instead i was looking at the ingredients and being like does this have animal products in it and i probably subconsciously i would look on there and be like actually it's got a lot of sugar or a lot of this or a lot of that and i'd, and I'd, I'd remove it in general anyway so there was probably more subconscious way of me looking at labels and changing my food up a bit but it definitely did help i think what happened was i lost a bunch of body fat from having less of a knowledge of what food to eat at first um i was still getting the food but i just wasn't as kind of like on point with what to eat for breakfast and stuff i changed my eggs in the morning to oats which i still eat which is amazing and um i just made a few little tweaks and i dropped a couple pounds very quickly i noticed that my flexibility went up dramatically and i was able to run a lot quicker especially my mile and a half on a treadmill just went through the roof it went sub 10 minutes um, very, very quickly without changing much of my fitness. Now, again, my fitness has plateaued again, even though I'm vegan, but that's because my training's gone way down now since having the child and stuff. But it definitely helped. Plant-based definitely helped me in that sense. Um, not so much. I don't think, I don't know whether being plant-based would help you in the military because there, I still believe there is certain aspects of the military where you do need to learn to survive. Uh, we've gone over this in one of the videos reacting to, I forgot what he called, what he's called the angry guy, the angry US military lad who's just angry at everything, but he has a lot of energy. And he was talking about um, someone who was criticizing the US military for eating snakes on certain survival training. And I think it's important that the, the, the military has a good understanding on how to survive. They need to know this stuff. So when it comes to veganism, I'm not one of them that's going to like say that everyone has to do it all the time and there's no other way. In certain circumstances in the military, you have to know how to eat um, what you can find. And um, that is imp- that's very, very important for your health and survival. So there's a, there's a balance there. You know, I am in such a privileged position to be able to choose what I eat, which means I can choose this plant-based diet for my body and it helps me a lot. But some people are not. So it is what it is. Take it, take it for what it for what it is, and and don't ever feel like you have to do something if you are not in a position to be able to do it. Okay, um, so let's look at some other questions here. Um, best gun. Ooh, good question. Best gun. Uh, I remember playing enemy for the special forces, and we used an MP7. Um, they were just blanks. We weren't shooting them on a range. We we're just using them as enemies, shooting them around. 
And uh, it was just so fun. It was so fun. I never shot one since. And it was probably one of the most enjoyable experiences I had in the military playing enemy for the special forces at Hereford. They had this giant plane um, that they would practice CQB in it. And it was just so much fun just to get like a bit of an insight into the special forces life. Very, very interesting. I can talk more about that in the future if you would like me to. Um, let's have a look here. The hardest thing I had to do, let's talk about training with the hardest thing. I think mentally the hardest thing was bottom field pass out because I got injured on bottom field pass out, which is about week 23. And I stick by what I said, that if you pass bottom field pass out, you will definitely pass training as long as you don't get injured. There's no reason why you couldn't pass training if you don't, if, as long as you don't get injured. At that point, it's a case of just injury prevention and sticking with it. That's all it is. But bottom field pass out, what it is, is it's the it's a rope climb with your webbing on and your, and your weapon. It's the assault course. It's a 200-meter fireman's carry, and it's a regain. Sounds easy when you put it like that, but my days, it is horrific. And what happened was I fell off the rope, 34, did a bunch of damage to my ankle. And um, during training, I had to kind of bring myself back into this test where I had so much so much anxiety going into it because it was the test that kept defeating me. Um, and I remember the day I passed it, the, the big thing for me was the rope climb. The first thing to do, I've never been amazing at upper body strength. I've always been kind of someone who's just good at long distance um, plodding along, like yomping. But I've always been terrible at upper body strength. And I remember being like, saying to myself for, for a long time when I was injured, as long as I can do that rope climb at the beginning of bottom field pass out, the rest of it I'll be able to do. Because at that point, the adrenaline will be there. And I remember doing a rope climb. I failed it. came down. I was like, oh, here we go again. Another fail. And I had a couple of lads who are very good friends with who training. And I remember the PTI coming over to me and be like, get up that rope. Get up that rope. This is the day you do it. Get up that rope. And I don't know why, but I managed to do it. And I think it was the fact that I didn't think about it. I just did it. I just did it. And then when I got to the bottom, he came back up to me and he was like, there is no reason why you're not passing bottom field today. And the next big thing was, you know, the assault course with the six-foot wall right in front of you when you start. And um, as soon as I got my leg over that six-foot wall, I just, something clicked and I was like, this is it. From now on, I'm getting in a troop after this and I'm going to pass out with this troop. And I did. And I did. I don't know what it was. Some sort of magic that just clicked in my brain. I don't know whether it was the PTI, uh, but something magical happened. Um, I actually think it might have been Martin Stapleton the PTI. I'm not sure. We're going to try and get him on the podcast. If you know who Martin Stapleton is, he's a uh, MMA fighter, an amazing an amazing uh, soldier and an amazing person in general. Um, I think he was a PTI. I know he was the PTI who was at the very end of the Tarzan assault course on my commando tests and I passed by like two seconds and I got to the top of the 30 foot wall and Stapes was there and he was like, you failed Jillings and I'm just heartbroken and then he goes, oh, I'm only joking, have a sense of humour. <laughs> and I was like, you're having a laugh. You're having a laugh. But ever since then, we've been pretty good friends. Uh, we've, we've not met as much as I'd like to because he's obviously busy with his MMA gyms now and, and uh, fighting all the time and I live in the States. But uh, we'll hopefully get him on to the podcast soon and we'll, we'll talk about my time as a recruit and him absolutely destroying me because he was from the same place I was. Um, let's have a look at another question here. Ooh, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Where did I deploy? So um, I did something called um, Op Cougar, which was basically anti-piracy. So what happened was when I got out of training, I went to 4-5 Commando and I got pinged to be battle casualty to 
battle casualty replacement BCR for 40 commando. So they were in Afghan at the time. It was Herrick 12. Um, I did like a, a, a quick, I think it was like three week course. We went down to 40 commando. There was like 20 of us. And um, even though I wanted to go out, luckily all 20 of us didn't get sent out because obviously being battle casualty replacement means someone has to get injured, has to have an emergency or a family issue and has to be brought home from deployment. And even though you want to get out, it's kind of a blessing that someone didn't, that something didn't, something bad didn't happen to someone and I didn't have to get sat out. So it, it is what it was, you know, it is what it is. And um, I didn't get, I didn't get picked. So I'm back up to four five where we started pre-deployment training six months for Herrick 14. I did the whole of the six months of pre-deployment training. And at the very end, um, they got told that they needed to basically fill in a lot of people with uh, Royal Marine Reserves going out into into the, into into Herrick uh, 14. And they randomly said, okay, whoever can't drive, we're going to, we're going to put them on driving instructions instead uh, and get them to learn. And we'll, we'll get, Royal Marine Reserves in. And at the time I was like 19 and I couldn't drive because I was, you know, joined the Royal Marines at such a young age. Um, so I didn't get chosen to go out and I was heartbroken because I did six months of pre-deployment training. And I remember there being like a hundred people. Remember the whole of four five commando and we had to put in a bunch of Royal Marine Reserves in. And um, I remember in being in this, this giant hangar and, and there was loads of us. And I was just thinking, there's no way I'm going to get out. I didn't get out when there was 20 of us and with there's hundreds of people there, there's no way I'm getting out. And um, there was an opportunity to basically do Op Cougar, which was anti-piracy. And this color sergeant was in front of us on. He's like, okay, I need 10 lads for anti-piracy. And a lot of lads, I think, because they haven't experienced BCR before, they thought, you know, there's a chance that I could still go out. So no one put the hand up and there was only a few of us. So I was straight away, I was like, I'm going to do it. I don't want to be sat on base for six months just for the lads to come back from Herrick and not want me there because one, I was already, you know, being bullied by one of the corporals there. And two, I didn't want them coming back and feeling like even more of an outsider. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to go and do Op Cougar. And we traveled on HMS Echo um, and did a bunch of different stuff. It was awesome. I also had some really weird mental issues. Long story short, I can talk about being deployed for for as much as I want, um, but we'll go into that and we'll put a whole video for that. But it was strange. We went to all different types of places, Bahrain, Dubai, Muscat, Salal. We went to all sorts of different places. It was very strange. And we were basically just protecting a survey ship that was surveying the ground in case they had to get um, submarines in there if, if it kicked off in that area. Very, very interesting. Um, let's do one more question and then we're going to call it a day on the podcast. Um, let's have a look here. Let's have a look. Some of these questions are fantastic. Some of them are pretty silly. <laughs> so, um, have you ever thought about staying in the Royal Marines longer than you wanted? At the time, no. At the time, I was desperate to get out. I was very mentally um, incapable of being in any longer. Um Thinking back now, if I was in at the age that I am now, I probably would have stayed longer. Obviously, I've got kids and a wife now, which I would never even want to go back now. Uh, but I think if I was older, a little bit more mature, I would have stayed in for a lot longer. Um, and I think I would have probably made more of a career out of it. But when I was young, I was so vulnerable and um, depressed that it pushed me to go out earlier than I probably would have wanted to. Um, but again... It is what it is. Not everyone has that same experience. And I think that uh, my experience is very unique. And not only did it help me improve who I am a bunch, 
but it helped me realize um, who I was, more importantly. And it's still taking me a while to find out who I was. You know, people think that they're going to find out who they are at, like as a teenager. Good luck until you're like 26, 27, 28, or even maybe even 30. You don't truly know who you are and it takes time to find that out. There's still parts of me that I'm like, is this really me? You know, and you, you got to really kind of delve in deep. I think traveling helps. When I left the Royal Marines and I was drinking a lot, I decided to go traveling and that's what really sorted me out. So if you ever want to discover yourself and, and become more mature, definitely go and travel. We're going to end the Q&A there. They've got some amazing questions. We're going to do this again. Don't worry. Um, I really enjoy answering your questions. Definitely feel free to message me on Instagram, Discord, Twitter. Probably Twitter is the best place to message me these days because there's not as many people on there. Um, but I really enjoy doing these Q&As and I think they're very valuable to you guys. And if you do think they're viable, 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 I can't speak, guys. Valuable. <laughs> Do leave a like um, on the YouTube video and please do rate me on iTunes and Spotify. It definitely helps with boosting this podcast. Until next time, guys, don't forget, link down below to the giveaway. Check that out. 10 copies of Cold War. Very, very cool to give you guys a little bit of happiness. But until next time, guys, I love you all. I hope you have a fantastic weekend. Train hard, work hard, and I'll see you in the next video. Goodbye.